like scary movies? Totally. Hey, y'all. Totally. What's up? It's Jess. Hey, jerk. Speed kills. Ah, baby, bone sherry. Hey, what? Lindsay. The key. You did a great job. You filthy animals. Hello, Sydney. <laughs> I'll be right back. I thought this was about horror movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite scary movie? Oh, I gotta fan myself. Curdled sack of milk. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a really good listener. No, you're not. That's true. We're out of here. Bye. The key. Hello and welcome. Bye, y'all. Bye. Plug it up. Plug it up. Plug it up. Plug it up. Welcome to season two. We're the horror movie crew. I'm Josh. Hey all, Seth here. What's up? It's Jess. What's up? It's Jess. She came to party today. She's got her cherry vanilla Coke. RC. Yes. Talk us through <laughs> yes. that, would you please? Talk you through it. Yes. What you want to hear about the taste? Oh it, yeah. Um, it tastes like regular Coke, but with a splash of cherry and vanilla. Imagine it. Take um, it in. Mm-hmm. Just think about it for a second. Okay. It's good, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <sighs> it was really good. I told you. Would you give our listeners, our crewbies out there, a, 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 a sound of just let them hear that intense fucking drink swallow thing you did? Okay, here she goes. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> it's so good. You could like hear your swallowing muscles. <laughs> What? <laughs> is that a thing? I don't know. Whatever is in your throat. Swallowing muscles. Uh, throat muscles? Do you throat have muscles? like solid, strong swallowing muscles, you I, think? I do. I do. <laughs> have you been told that in the past? I've not. No. Oh. This is the first that's, time. It's another good dating profile. <laughs> strong swallowing muscles. Uh, Likes to party. Strong <laughs> swallowing muscles. I do like to party. Mm. Yep. <laughs> Me. <laughs> Too. I love some good cherry vanilla coke. Yeah. What would you mix that with, you think? Whiskey? Um, vodka. Mm. Whiskey. Could probably do rum. Mm. A smattering of things. A smattering. That's that's fun, guys. That's real fun. <laughs> this is HMC 36 Crimson Peak. Seth's episode. Seth, not his episode. It's all of our episode, really. It was his pick, though. Yeah, we're sharing the episode. We share here. We share here. We share all things. This is the final movie of our February Bloody Valentine's, a month of love-themed horror movies. That went fast. Aww. It did. It really did, didn't it? Yeah. Well, really, because we're recording quite a ways ahead, though. Yeah, I guess this is a bit out. Because we got Super Spreader over here mm-hmm. going spreader? to Cancun. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to Cancun. To fuck boys. Yep. And swallow the coke. You just did my pointing that you made fun of me for. I know. Yours was more jabby. That's true. Hers or mine? Hers. Yours was kind of all over the place. Yeah, you were like (laughs) kind of a seizure point. Her was more like... (laughs) (laughs) Your finger looked like a propeller. Yeah, imagine that, would you? Yeah. Imagine what I could do with that finger and the thing there. I'll let everybody imagine that. You got to get past that flap. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) That's true. I got snot coming out. Here you go. Just wipe it on the sleeve. All over your new shirt. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, whatever. Fuck off. Um, 
Uh, Seth, what have you been up to, man? Talk to us. Give us some insight into what you've been doing besides growing that beard. Hmm. Why are you looking at me like that? I'm just excited. Oh, nothing really. I went skiing the other day. You ski a lot, don't you? I've gone twice, so I wouldn't call that a lot. It's two times more than I've been in my entire life. Same. Yeah. Mm, you know, work. Oh, God. Refinancing my mortgage. That's exciting. Okay. Hey, Jess, what have you been up to? <laughs> Um, not much more interesting things. Yeah. I, I don't leave my house a lot, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Old people stuff. We don't do anything. Yeah. That's true. Very true. I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think of like shows that I've seen lately. I watched The Center again recently. The first season? Yes. I've never seen it. Oh, it's so good. Jessica Biel, right? Yeah. Mm. It's so good. It's back on Netflix. If you want to check it out. Did they take it off? Yeah, it was off. It was on there for a while, then they took it away, like last year or something. And they just added it back. Mm. First season's the best, in my opinion. But how many seasons are there? Three, I think. Oh, well, is it promising. a Netflix show? I don't believe so. Okay. I can't. I don't. I don't think I've watched anything else. Uh, I've just been binging wild. that. Um, I did watch. Um, I went to the movies and saw Monster Hunter. You went to the movies and saw Monster movies. Hunter? I did. Really? Recently? It was fucking awesome. Mm. Have you seen the previews for it? Mm -mm. Monster Hunter, I have not. It's got Mila jo Jovovich. Jovovich. Oh, and you it. know what? I think I did see the preview for that. What's that about? Dude, it's so good. Um, they basically, she's a Marine, I think it was, and like they get caught in this like alternate dimension and get like thrown onto the other side and there's like these fucking huge monsters that she has to fight to survive mm. is interesting she, is she like a total badass in it of oh, course of course yes. yes um did you get popcorn yes i did how good was the popcorn it was okay right. it was God. mediocre i was oh. more happy with my icy do they have like seats blocked off and shit or how do they literally it was the only one in the theater right <laughs> You went by yourself to the movies? No, with Brittany. Oh. Did you guys literally just... the only ones in the theaters. That's nice, though. Yeah. I felt bad for you for a minute. I was like, you went to... You see how sad I looked? No, I would go by myself, though. Oh, I'd rather cut off my own foot. Um, not that that's bad. I'm happy that you are that... <laughs> Okay, you really yourself. wouldn't go to a movie by yourself? <laughs> no, why? I would. I mean, if I was bored enough, if I was like traveling or something, I would. Yeah, it's not like you like, like socialize while you're in there. So. Well, you and I talked about this uh, before we went on Chuck's episode. It never got brought up, but I don't miss going to the movies. I thought I did. I think what I, it was was I missed the idea of being able to go to the movies because you know me, Probably. I don't like people telling me what I can and can't do. So I felt like. Oh, man, I really wish we could go to the movies. But the more they release these video-on-demand stuff and I get to watch stuff at home, and you guys know I really don't like people, I don't miss going to the movies. I like the experience of it, though. I do, too. I like with the new seating and stuff, it's not mm -hmm. as bad. The old way, I like stopped going because I hated it. But It's not even that. I feel like, especially when I'm there with the girls, is like I watch everybody when I'm at the movies, mm -hmm. and I can't even enjoy the fucking movie. Cause like if somebody gets up, I'm like, oh, what's this guy trying? What's this guy up to? Why is he getting up in the middle of the fucking movie? Then he leaves. I think that would be different. Yeah. I would feel different if I had Willow with me, but she's not quite ready for like going to the yeah. movies. She would like just want to get up and run. Yeah. <laughs> well, even when I go with like my like myself or my friends, I'm still the same way. Or if like somebody comes in, you're like, well, I didn't see that person leave. Why? Where the? Why would he come in here three fourths of the way through this movie? 
So then I'm watching that fucking guy not paying attention to the movie. Damn. I'm telling you, dude, I like it's fun and I like I do I probably will end up going back to the movies, but like I will would much rather watch it at home. You have cinema anxiety. Yeah. After that Batman shit, dude, it's got me fucked yeah, up. Yeah, it was fucked up. Yeah. Like, I really have a hard time enjoying myself at the movies. I'm, like, hmm. always watching everybody. That could happen anywhere, though. That's true. That's true. Not to make it worse. Yeah. <laughs> Not to make it worse. I'm just saying. Look, looking around all the time now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, anyway. Uh, well, hey, I'm glad you got to go and experience the movie. And yeah. So they didn't have, like, seats blocked off, though. I wonder no. if they just sell, like, every uh, other they seat. They just sell every other uh, seat, yeah. They keep gotcha. it blocked off online. And they do it based on, like, what you select, though. Mm-hmm. So like you can select if it's like an empty theater, you can select any seats, and then they'll just automatically block, block. off like the next two, like next to you. Gotcha. So you uh, were there by yourself. <laughs> you didn't get to witness any like uh, messing around in the theater. I didn't. You, do you watch for that stuff? Are you like, why did those kids bring a blanket in here? I, I don't. You know, I think no. you're it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've one. never really like questioned I these things before. Literally, theater. go to watch the movie, and no. that's it. I I'm don't, telling I don't you. care who's getting up and going to the bathroom, who's or jerking what off exit who. Yeah. <laughs> who's jerking <laughs> off who? Is that a thing? Did you jerk people off at the movie theater? No, stuff? I've never done that. Did you mess around at the movie theater though? I don't think I ever did that I remember. Jess. Um, no. Especially oh, back no. then when the seats are really close together, it'd be a lot harder to do. Now it'd be easy to do, I feel like. Just like smooching. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't that hard to do. But now that I think back on how gross it was, because mm. those theaters, like, remember like you would leave the theater and when you stood up, your feet were stuck to the mm-hmm. floor? Yeah. <sighs> the good old days, huh? <laughs> I always think days. about like the headrest, like, you know, they yeah. don't clean that shit. I often. bet you they still don't clean them. So what if someone had like lice or something? Like, would it just like, I don't know. Wasn't there a rumor that this? Yeah, how would you know, really? That the mm. theaters here had uh, oh, it was bed bugs. The theaters here had bed bugs. I did hear that. The at rumor. One point. But airplanes, they don't really clean those in between. They basically pick the trash up. Well, mm. and how do they do it with some? Because some of them are like cloth seats mm-hmm. still. Yeah. I bet they're updating a lot of that now. Febreze. So they can just wipe it. They should be able to wipe them down. <sighs> Crazy world we live no, in. They huh? clean up their own barf. <laughs> Oh, the person that pukes has to clean it up? I'm not cleaning that up. I don't know. I feel like if you're at a restaurant and you puke, you don't clean it up. The people clean it up. That's a little bit different. Not really. I bought that ticket. I paid for the service of you to clean up my puke. No. (laughs) I would would get the fuck out of there before that happened. I can't puke. They have the bags. I don't know why the people don't puke in the bag. Yeah, because everybody's just sitting there like, oh, I'm going to puke. I'm going to puke. I'm like, no, it's probably somebody. Usually you're a little nauseous. For a minute or two. Know. Sometimes mine just comes, dude. It's like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Look out! <laughs> but actually, it was a pretty. It was a pretty rare occurrence. Just fucking sprays puke everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like mid sentence talking, and it's like. Yeah, all hey, over my the... name's John. <laughs> <laughs> like goes through the seats on the people in front of him. Then they pretend like they're mad. You know they liked it. Ew. Oh my god! I, mean, I guess it'd be warm for a second. But, uh, the smell. The smell would be uh. awful. Did either of you watch that uh, spiral trailer I told you about? No. Neither no. of you fucking people watched <laughs> it. God, dude. I'm excited Sorry. for this movie. I hope it's released video on demand because it says in theaters in May. I'm hoping mm-hmm. that it's on my home theater, right there in May. In May. Yeah. Anyway, so it looks like it's uh, it's not a like a like a kind of like a reboot of Saw, I guess. I don't know. Go watch it. Way yeah. to way to watch it, guys. Thanks. 
Just don't know how I feel about it. Got Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson. How weird is that? Like huh? they're in it? Yeah. I guess Chris Rock had a big uh big role in getting it going. Hmm. Mm-hmm. He wants to expand his acting portfolio, yeah, Jess. I see that. I see that. I don't know if I can take him seriously though, can you? I feel like he's been in a couple of serious roles, hasn't he? I don't know. Like the um Oh, it's whatever the one with the fucking wedding and is it his daughter that's getting married? Maybe I'm wrong. With Adam Sandler? Yeah. Um that's not he's that's a funny movie. It's uh I thought he was like kind of serious in that though. He's like a real dick, right? He's a surgeon, yeah. isn't he? Like a surgeon because he's always worried about his hands. I felt like that was different for him. I sort of I can see him in a horror movie, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. That seems odd. I guess we're gonna find out. Seems like an odd pairing. Maybe he'll still be funny though. No. Like comic relief type person. Maybe. A couple one liners in there. He's know. the main character. Hmm. Is it gross looking like Saw? It doesn't look to be okay. no. So but it's just more psychological. I guess we're gonna find out. Or I like, guess tell us everything. <laughs> I will. I said we're just like tell us everything you know uh, about it instead of watching it. I thought you meant you know that I love spoilers, so I will. I would literally tell you everything right after. Could I you reenact the trailer for us? Could you shut the fuck up, Jeff? Go ahead. We'll wait. <laughs> okay. Hey, <I'm> Chris Rock <laughs> with costume. Oh, hang on. I'll be right back. All right. Anyway, let's jump into Truth No Dare. All right. We got some sick questions. I put them together. Seth's pissed off. He didn't get to do them because we made a deal that if it was our episode, we'd do the questions. However, it was the day of the episode. I didn't receive any fucking questions, so I did them myself. This is a lesson to you, sir. Because I didn't realize we were recording until yesterday afternoon. Yeah, this motherfucker. I'm glad I looked at my phone. Yeah. Yeah. I was ready to kill him. He texts me. He's like, hey, we're recording tomorrow. I'm like, yeah. He's like, I don't have time to watch the movie. I'm like, I said, I don't know if I'm going to have time. (laughs) I'm so used to Sundays that I just kind of forgot. I'm like, dude, you better fucking find time because we're recording tomorrow. He's like, all right, I'll work it out. I'm like, yeah, you will. So you watched it. When did you watch it? Yesterday. Like I had a board meeting last night, so I watched like some of it before and then some of it after. Mm -hmm. Two-parter. I watched an hour of it last night and then finished the other hour today. Yeah. Maybe I should have done that because last night I was ready to strangle him. 58 minutes into this movie I'm like is anything gonna happen here kids anything at all we'll get to that calm down your mustache <laughs> beards are flying at the camera it's like Fah! what camera the one in my glasses <laughs> got a glasses cam going all right I'll read the first question while I'll answer it we will go counterclockwise just to fuck with Jess because it messes her up she's a big fan of clockwise rotation yep. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> oh my god wow <laughs> Sorry, I had a really good gangbang joke and this blew it. So never mind. If you had to leave and have, if you had to have an extra body part, what would it be? I think I'd like an extra arm. I feel like I accomplish a lot with two arms and a hand, of course, on the end of the arm. I don't just want like an arm. What are you gonna do with this fucking arm, <laughs> right? Nub arm. Yeah. <laughs> Just hangs there, with, like no no bone in it. It would just be like he had a horn. <laughs> a horn. Uh, a fully functioning shoulder down arm. Okay. Okay. Um, I feel like I could just be, you know. Where's it coming out of? That's the thing I was thinking about earlier. Is I don't would it, I don't want to come out the middle of my chest. I'd fuck all my sweet shirts up. Probably right? your back, like scorpion style. Oh fuck yeah. Yeah. So it'd be like a tail, but like an arm. I'd still yeah. fuck all my shirts you up, could, though. You could, like, fucking hold some grapes, like, over your face. <laughs> what? <laughs> Do that. He could fan himself. Of course, I'm thinking about eating. Yeah. Who the fuck? 
because you're typing and then yeah. this fucking boop is some grapes. <laughs> It'd be a fucking burger for him. The fries. <laughs> for real, dude. It for real would be. It's fucking healthy. Okay, so can we stop? Pause. Why grapes? I was just thinking of like grapes on a vine and how people like. Well, those fancy people. Them. I don't know anybody that does that <laughs> with grapes. I don't, but they, like in movies and shit, they do. Yeah, like the old like, times they grab where there's the like a whole bunch of grapes yeah. and like eat them off of the bunch. Yeah, nobody fucking does that, Mm-mm. but people do it in movies and shit. But not in real life. No. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. God. It's just an <laughs> example, for fuck's sakes. Of all the shit. I could do with the third arm. Your ass comes up with, I, I could literally dangle fucking grapes <laughs> over my face. First off, why would they be up here? <laughs> why? You're typing. And you want it to dangle, it would just flop over if you held you the other way. I'm going to be like... <laughs> yes, that'd be amazing. I look like fucking Jaws trying to get some grapes. I doubt anybody's going to be watching you. Yeah. Just fucking the arm would reach, it would reach down to you. You're thinking way too hard into this. Yeah. I was just trying to throw an example <laughs> out there. Anyways, do you, you want an arm? What would you like, Seth? <laughs> that's clockwise. That's the wrong way. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, no. I was going to say hand, but I feel like an arm would be better. <laughs> this random ass hand. <laughs> I was like, well, it probably need to be longer because there could just be a fucking hand yeah, sticking out of like my chest stub. or something. That's not going to help. That would be so fucking funny. <laughs> it's like hanging outside of your cheek. Mm. <laughs> I guess, yeah, I would say an arm too. Just don't know where I'd have it. I'm thinking a second penis. What the fuck? You never use the one you have. Oh, it gets used. (laughs) And now it can get used twice as much. Yeah. You can just jerk them both off at the same time. He'd be like... I don't know. A third eye might be kind of cool. I wonder if you'd be able to see like other... You could put one like in the back of your head. Yeah, if it could be like concealed easily. Yeah, that'd be kind of sweet. I'm going with the eye. Not a useless second penis? Nah, I got a good enough penis. <laughs> yes. If you could live in any fictional world, what would it be? Um, probably like Avatar. That'd be pretty sweet. That'd be cool. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know what's going on in here right now, but I just <clears throat> I just watched that recently. So that's <laughs> like the first thing that popped in my head. I'd probably it would be cool though. It's yeah. like Fern Gully. Be very cool. <gasps> Fern Gully would be a good one. Yeah. I don't want to be a cartoon. I'd probably say. I don't. I don't really mean like to be. I would rather just like be myself in that world. Not like but a it's cartoon. a cartoon world, though. I'm legit crying over here, dude. It was the fucking grape arm thing. It like made me sad. Go ahead, sorry. Sad? I don't know. You want some grapes? A lot of emotions. A lot of emotions. <laughs> going on right now with me go ahead i'd probably pick hogwarts i think like the harry potter world i think it'd be pretty cool motherfucker i was gonna pick harry potter be awesome to be a a warlock you think that now until you are one that's a lot of responsibility (laughs) than warlocks that's true i think i i was gonna go hogwarts honestly at first i was gonna go game of thrones and then i was like 
fuck. I don't think I'd want There's to be there. There's a lot going on there. Yeah. From the episodes I've seen, that does not look like a nice place to live. No. Mm. For the record, everybody, we actually had the movie on Crimson Peak while we're recording here, and he just got stabbed in the fucking face. Ouchie. Yeah, fucking awesome. We'll talk about that more later. Um, Seth, you want to read your question? Did you answer for sure? Yeah, I went Hogwarts as oh, okay. well. I said initially I was going to pick Game of Thrones, but... In the first few seconds, are you hoping it's Ice Ice Baby or Under Pressure? Under Pressure. Under fucking... Fucking hate Ice Ice Baby. Pressure. Under Pressure. Hate that song. Russia! Was bad then, it's bad now. Under Pressure? No, Ice Ice Baby. Oh, yeah, it's not good. But it is different. Jess, explain how it's different. He says it's dun 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 dun, dun and his version goes dun 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 Oh, there's a clap. There's a clap. Remember at game night last time Jess was explaining to us how it was different? You had me convinced. I was like, fuck, it is different. It's totally different. Throw a clap in there. It's different. Oh, sorry. If there were a world catastrophe and only a few people survived, what's your special skill that would help you rebuild the world? All right, you guys ready for this? Thought about this long and hard. I think you guys are going to agree with me. Doubtful, but... (laughs) I have the ability to bring people together through... My communication. I should have done a reel of Jessica's face during that. <laughs> What's a reel? Yeah. What? What's a reel? No, I was asking, like, what did you say? Oh, I have the <laughs> ability, okay, mm-hmm. to formulate people, bring them together, and manage the world population that we have left. I feel like I could really get shit done. So you just you're saying you would be a good manager. Yes. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> of the people. Okay. Cause we're gonna need some people to build some shit. Okay. We're gonna need a civilized population. I would basically be um, a less pricky version of um, Teresa Palmer's dad on warm bodies. General. Gen I don't wanna be a general. I don't wanna General Josh. Yes! See? I feel like you'd be as pricky as that dude, though. I don't think so. I'm a very warm-hearted person at the core. If I you just... lived in, in that world for a while, though. Yeah. I'd go to your head. I don't think it would go to my head. I feel like I would be Negan. That'd be me. And look what Negan did. What did Negan actually do? Brought people together. He created a sanctuary. That's right? True. Yeah. That's where they live. It's called the sanctuary. Okay? Okay. That is... I'm Negan. I would be Negan. That'd be me. Yes. Bringing the people together for the greater good so we all survive and thrive. Yeah. But you want to be part of my fucking cult, don't you? Nope. <sighs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, I'll just be on looking from the sidelines. We'll change that. Okay. She'll your be turn. a suburb of your cult. A suburb. <laughs> um, what would I do? I would want to, like, hunt... I think I could do that. Have you ever hunted before? I have. What did you hunt? Pheasant. What? Pheasant. <laughs> Pheasant. Seriously? Yes. Did you kill one? No. Oh. I'm with my grandpa. Now I feel sad again. I'm over <laughs> here crying again. <laughs> oh my god. I'm very emotional today. Now why are you so emotional? I, know, I got boogers and everything. <clears throat> uh, excuse me. Um, I don't know. I'd probably just open up a glory hole station. <laughs> 
<laughs> start a business. <laughs> start a business. <laughs> oh, I'll be an entrepreneur. That's what I'll be do. You're going to start a glory hole? Yeah. Just like... <laughs> yeah. I'd be the first and only one. Glory for everyone. Yeah. What would you call it? I don't know. The glory barn. <laughs> it's got to be a barn, of course. Yeah, it has to be a barn. You could have like stables set up. Yeah. <laughs> it could be like horse themed. Oh, Mike, would you neigh and like, yeah. Give us, a, let's hear your advertisement. Like, so we're on TV. Hmm. Welcome to Seth's Looking for, Glory Barn. For a good time, come on down to the Glory Barn. <laughs> <laughs> we have a hole for every size. Yes. <laughs> yes. No women, please. <laughs> what is a woman going to put through the hole? <laughs> that flappy thing. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it was a trunk, wasn't it? Is that what she said? A trunk? <laughs> yeah, I think it was a trunk. <laughs> Jessica's not thrilled. Okay. She's not happy with us right now. Okay, come on, come all to the glory barn. Great. Uh, Jess, you want to hit us with the last question? <laughs> what would you do during the purge? I'd sit like a little bitch in my basement and not leave. Probably. How long is the purge? Is it 12 hours? I think it's... 12 over 24? Yeah. It's just overnight, I think, isn't it? Yeah. <clears throat> I don't really know. could hide out and watch movies and shit. That's a good one. We could do a podcast. Yeah. Oh, fuck, that'd be cool. What people came down here trying to kill us? Barricade <clears throat> it. That's fine. We're hillbillies. We have guns and shit. What do you I'd got? I'd probably like, learn to fly and just get a plane and just fly around for 12 hours. Could you do that? Yeah, planes can go way further than that. Little planes? Not little ones. I get a couple of us to get a jumbo jet. Ooh, a jumbo jet. Oh, shit. From all those glory hole earnings. Yeah, you're exactly. A jumbo jet. Glory hole revenue. <laughs> <laughs> Once the glory barn goes public. You could have your own like private airline. Yeah. Fucking glory barn LLC. Yeah. <laughs> we have glory airlines. Ooh. Would you put a glory hole in the... um? Airplane? It'd have to be a glory hole station somewhere. Yeah. Oh fuck me running. Okay. <laughs> um Yeah, what would I do during the purge? I don't know. Those movies scare me. Like what if that actually happened? I feel like anymore we're closer and closer to that actually happening. Like it could happen. How do I protect my kids during that? Like I can't afford one of those Ethan Hawk freaking mansions where like the big fucking metal plates Things come, down come down and block it. I can't afford that shit. That would be fucking scary though. I don't know, I feel like out in the country, though, like where we live, well, no, not you, because you don't live in the county, but, or you anymore either, but I'm like, for me, I don't know, we think of he's bad out here. Yeah, because there's still a lot of people out here, even though they're spaced out. And people don't like me. Your like, neighbors would be like, can we borrow some sugar? What's that? <laughs> Whoa. And just barge in. Barge right in. That's, they, they're crazy. But they don't necessarily oh. kill people they know, right? Isn't it just anybody? Mm. I think they kill people they know, yeah. I think they, for sure. I don't think they discriminate. Oh, yeah, Josh should be at the top of several people's (laughs) list. 
Why me? I thought you were saying you hadn't met them or anything yet. They were like pissed about it. The neighbors? Like, oh, fuck you neighbors. You don't want to get to know us. I mean, we moved during this COVID shit. It's not like you bring people cookies during COVID. Here, here's my COVID cookies. Eat them up. Whoa. Sorry. <laughs> I'm honestly just pissed off that none of my fucking neighbors brought me cookies. I remember when I was a kid, we moved into this new house. It was cool. The neighbors came over and brought us cookies. Nobody did that here. One dude came over because he lost his fucking cat. Aww. And he didn't even tell me that he was my neighbor until the conversation was over. So like, he knocks on the door. I'm talking to him through the glass, right? I'm like, yeah. He's like, have you seen a cat around here? I'm like, that's a fucking weird way to start a conversation, dude. Okay? I'm like, no, I haven't. He's like, can I show you a picture of him? Sure. Gets his phone out. Sticks his phone on the glass door. That was here? Yes. His name's Richard. Okay. <laughs> oh, Richard. Second sign. Richie. Who the fuck names their cat Richard? I love it. You love Richard or you love cats named Richard? I love when people name cats or animals like people names. People names. Like Humphrey. Yeah, that's a good one, Seth. Anyway, I'm like, I don't I've never I've not seen your cat. He said, okay, cool. Well, if, if you do, can you let me know? I'm thinking, how the fuck am I going to do that, dude? Don't even know you, right? As he's walking away, he turns back around and says, by the way, I live across the street. Okay. If that were you, would you not have started that conversation that way? Probably. But- hey, man, my name's Bill. I live across the street. I lost my cat. Have you seen it? He's clearly very upset about his oh, missing cat. He was distraught. Though. Oh, it gets better. I forgot to tell you this part. You know how long the cat's been gone? Two weeks. Maybe they thought you housed it. Dude, if they can't find a person after the first, what, 48 hours? Mm -hmm. Fucking cat's definitely dead. Okay? These are trained professionals looking for people. You're asking your hillbilly neighbors to find your cat. They may, they may have thought one he Same. wandered up on your porch and Very. you were like, here, kitty, kitty. I'm like, worked and up. he's your your cat now. They could have just thought it was like yeah. that. Or an outdoor cat. Sometimes was, they go away for a while. He was really trying to like look in the house. I like, think that's what he was case the joint. Yeah, <laughs> Richard. Yeah. You think so? He's like, I bet yeah. Dick's in there. Dick is definitely in this house. There's been a lot of Dick in this house. That's what he said. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, people, Krubies, listeners ever go over to your neighbor's house that you've never met introduce yourself first was he older or like younger i don't know he's probably your age so old as fuck all of a sudden a fucking random cat walks in here uh-huh. like what's up richard <laughs> what's up <it's> rich <laughs> Been hanging out that's what i'm getting at i was not going to give that cat back to that guy I know. so now we have a second cat his name's richard richie <laughs> dick for richie. short dick for short all okay. right Whew, that went way long i'm sorry let's jump into the getting lit and talking shit scary movie discussion our movie this episode hmc 36 the last one came out i labeled it wrong i'm sorry i apologize i feel terrible about it this is actually hmc 36 Seth. <laughs> your pick crimson peak talk to us why did you pick this movie I don't know. I was just looking up, you know, love-themed horror movies, and it was on there, and I had remembered seeing it. I think I watched it with Jessica, actually. Yes. And I was like, oh, I think I like that. I'll pick that one. So that was really it. That was all the thinking that went behind it. That was the whole thought. We got a, we got a really behind-the-scenes... I actually watched the trailer, I remember. 
And then picked it. And then picked it, yeah. You were not happy with me that I asked you for a movie so early in the month, I remember. No, I wasn't prepared. Did you feel rushed? Yes. Do you like to be rushed? No. No. Mm-mm. Okay. Um, so you clearly do not remember your first watch of this movie. I did once I started watching it. I remembered a lot of parts, but... Me too. Like, it's been, I was probably... Whenever it came out. You remember your first watch very vividly? Um, sort of. It was with Seth. Mm. So we were likely drunk. So I don't remember when we watched it, like year wise. But I feel like it, it was a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it was out for like super long when we watched it. Mm-mm. Yeah, I did start to remember things as I watched it. Slowly. Yeah. But surely. There's nothing behind you. I thought I saw something, but it was my glasses. It's just rich. No, okay. Yeah. Dickie, he's in here with us. Um, I know I've seen it because I remembered most of it, but I don't remember um, when when I watched it. So, Sorry, that was not very entertaining. I apologize. Our characters are um, Edith, played by, if you can help me out with this name, either of you, that would be fucking fantastic. Wasakowska? Wasakowska? Wasakowska is probably the closest. Yeah, I legitimately called her Alice through the entire movie because mm-hmm. she plays Alice from Alice in Wonderland, um, which I have to watch all the time with the girls because they love it. It's a very good movie. You really should watch it, Seth. I Fine. know you're not a big Alice fan, but it's good. Uh, Lucille Sharp is played by Jessica Chastain. Thomas Sharp played by Tom Heidelston. Heidelstein? How do you say that? Hiddleston? I'd Hiddleston? say Hiddleston. I called him Loki through the entire movie because he's fucking Loki. My favorite Marvel character. Well, not my favorite Marvel character. That's a stretch. But he's one of my favorite characters from the Avengers movies. There you go. When he died, I was very sad. Do you think he's dead? I don't know. Probably not. No. I doubt it. I hope not. They, I mean, he's going to have his Disney Plus show, so I don't know yeah. how they would do that. Dr. Alan McMichael, played by Charlie Hunnam, a.k.a. Jax Teller from Sons of Anarchy. Did either of you watch Sons of Anarchy? No, that's no. on my list. Uh-uh. It's good. Abby watches it like every other day. She's really into it. Breaking fingernails, watching Charlie Hunt. Damn. <laughs> Breaking them nails. <laughs> uh, director and writer is Guillermo del Toro. He also did Mimic Blade 2, Pan's Labyrinth, Hellboys 1 and 2, Pacific Rim, also starring Charlie Hunnam, and The Shape of Water. Have either of you seen The Shape of Water? No. No. That's a newer movie. I haven't seen it either. Like scary movie or like? Yeah, horror movie. Story. I think it's a monster movie if I remember correctly. Um, the budget for this movie was $55 million, and it made $74.7 million worldwide at the box office. Seth, this is your movie. Do you want to read the synopsis, sir? God, this is long. Okay. Just take breaks when you need to. It's fine. After marrying the charming and seductive Sir Thomas Sharp, young Edith finds herself swept away to his remote Gothic mansion in the English hills. <gasps> Also living there is Lady Lucille Thomas, Thomas's alluring sister and protector of her family's dark secrets. Able to communicate with the dead, Edith tries to decipher the mystery behind the ghostly visions that haunt her new home. As she comes closer to the truth, Edith may learn that true monsters are made of flesh and blood. You did a great job, dude. Heavy. You did a really good job. That was the longest synopsis we've ever had, I I think. I saw this. I'm like, Jesus. I just made it extra long for him. I actually just took like a snippet and then I was like, how can I make this obnoxiously yeah, wrong? You probably did. <laughs> Two people fall asleep in a haunted house. Yeah, that's what I would have said. The end. It could it could work. You guys ready? Oh. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that kind of hurt my finger. <laughs> the freaking slam heard around the world. <laughs> I think 
fucking shit fall out of the ceiling. It hit me in the I'm face. I'm waiting for this thing to burst at some point. We're past the expiration <laughs> date, right? Gonna at you. Yeah, yeah great. it was January something. Blow your dirty sausage on me. <clears throat> Ooh. I was kidding. Please don't. <laughs> scene one, opening scene. Bring on the heavy breathing. The movie opens with Edith standing in the snow with a cut on her face, breathing very heavily, and talking about seeing ghosts from a young age. She saw her mother's ghost. Her mother had died due to a disease, and she was not allowed to see her at the funeral. We cut to a young Edith laying in bed. A creepy, ghostly woman approaches her. She walks down the hallway, and um, as she rolls over to avoid the ghost, we see the nasty black fingers of the ghost start to touch her. She tells her that when the time comes, beware of Crimson Peak. She screams to find no ghost at all. It'd be years before she heard the voice again or could understand it before it was too late. We cut to Buffalo, uh, New York, 14 years later. We see an older Edith walking through a muddy street into a building. She talks to Dr. Alan McMichael, Charlie Hunnam, of course, who is setting up his new practice. He's a doctor. Do we know what kind of doctor he is? An eye doctor. Okay, he's an eye doctor. She's there to try to get her book published. She makes a Mary Shelley joke as she talks to a few stuck-up women in the hallway, one of which is Dr. Allen's mother. The publicist reads her manuscript and critiques it heavily for being a ghost story, telling her she needs to write a love story. Talking with her father, he allows her to type her book at his office as opposed to handwriting it so it looks less feminine. As she's typing the book, Thomas, that's Thomas Sharp, played by Loki, okay? Remember that, people. This is Loki. He approaches... He has a meeting with her father. He tells her that her work is fascinating. Where he comes from, ghosts are not to be taken lightly. We cut to Thomas putting on a clay mining sales pitch for a group of men, one of which is Edith's father. Her father belittles Thomas in front of the other men about how soft his hands are versus his own as he has worked his way up just like other Americans. Okay, let's dive into this. A lot to digest here, Seth. The opening scene. Did you find this scary? There was a jump scare in there. Okay, that's what I was getting at, because you did text us, and you were like, ooh, 27 jump scares already. I think I said like three, but... Okay. Yeah, when she puts her hand on her, was a jump scare. Ugh. I was like, ooh. Yeah, that's creepy. I have to ask an honest question here, because yeah. if depending on your answers, maybe the last time I ask it, did this CGI just annoy anybody else? It wasn't great in okay. some parts, yeah. Like this part, I thought it was still okay, but some mm-hmm. of the later scenes, I was kind of like, for the age of this, it was kind of yeah. not great. That's what I thought. It's only it was 2015, yeah. so mm-hmm. five six years it old. Didn't age well. Agreed, agreed. I think it would have been a lot more um, impactful with um, practical effects, but I don't know if it's because I tried to make them look so like transparent, sorta. Yeah. If that made it look weird, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know what it was. Yeah. Um, do you guys enjoy period pieces such as this? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, but not so much. Not so much this one, <laughs> or just not in general? Not just not in general. Okay, okay. Depends on the period. Like, I don't like the really old, like, old stuff. Mm, yeah. I like a little bit more modern, but, mm-hmm. yeah. This kind of, in the way this movie was shot, at least to this point, it kind of reminded me of uh, Sleepy Hollow, just more bright and colorful. Yeah. No, that's true. Yeah. Um, Before Johnny Depp gets to Sleepy Hollow, like mm-hmm. when he's in the city and whatnot. Yeah. Okay, scene two. There's something about him I just don't like. The scene opens up uh, on a rainy night as Edith and her father discuss Thomas as Dr. Allen arrives to pick her father up. Um, they leave in his new car, which I don't know. What kind of car is that, Seth? You're a car guy. Uh, I don't know 1880s cars. Do they have cars in 1880s? I don't think they did. Okay. I didn't think so either. 
Because wasn't the Model T supposed to be the first car and that came out in the 1900s? No, there was stuff before that. I think that oh, was the first was? like mass-produced car. Okay, okay. But I'm confused on when this takes place because I looked it up. It said 1887, but later when she's listening to those recordings, mm-hmm. they're like later years than that. Mm. You see, I didn't really know when it took place either. Maybe we should have looked it up. I'm ge- I thought it was like around 1900 was okay. my guess. Well, they have cars, so it would make sense, I yeah. guess. But, okay, so as they leave, Edith tells uh, the doctor not to let her dad drink too much, and the two take off in his car as Edith, la- Edith lays down in bed to read. Suddenly, her door handle begins to shake wildly as the door opens itself, but nothing is behind it. As she goes to shut the door, she sees the ghost of her mother shrieking down the hall, or so we think it's her mother. The ghost grabs her through the door, once again tells her to beware of Crimson Peak. Just then, a maid bursts through the door and lets her know that Thomas is downstairs. He wants to talk to her. She lets him know that he's uh, very lost from the part of town where the party is, which again is across town. He's going to the same party that her father and Dr. Allen are going to. He had come to ask her to be his date to the party. We cut to the party and we see Lucille, that's Thomas' sister. She's playing piano very aggressively as Thomas and Edith arrive. Thomas is pushed into teaching the group to do the perfect waltz, European style, of which he says requires the perfect partner. Of course, he asks Edith to dance with him, upsetting the other girls in the room. Lucille also looks extremely annoyed as she turns to go play the piano so he can begin his dance. As they finish their dance, we see that Edith's father and Dr. Allen look on not quite sure what to make of the events. Whoa. Did you notice Lucille's ring? They like really zoom in on this ring. Yeah. yeah. Well, it comes um, into play later. Yes. So at this point, though, I thought they did a great job of really keying in on it, but they like zoom right in on it. So at first I was like, does she maybe have like special powers or something? And that's what mm-hmm. this ring does. I don't know. I thought it was weird that they really zoomed in on the ring. Um, what is a baronet? I have no idea. Is that like someone who's been widowed? Like a man that's been widowed? Oh. Because isn't a baroness a woman that's been... I don't know, but they do make light of that multiple times. Yeah, and I meant to look it up and I never did. And it's almost like they say it in a negative. Yeah. Like, oh, he's a baronet. Like the guys say that, but the women are like, oh, he's a baronet. He's a trombone. Ooh. Maybe some sort of instrument. It obviously means he's single, but... Uh, It sounds like a hereditary title awarded... By the British Crown, huge, huge guy. Yeah, big dick. Maybe this means he's European. Because remember, there was a European waltz. They were very, uh, very into that. Because I don't think we would use those terms here. I have another question for you. At this point in the movie, were you guys like, okay, they had this? Edith and Thomas have this brief encounter at her father's uh, factory or whatever, and all of a sudden he's like obsessed with her. Yeah, I made yeah. a comment later about how quickly things escalated with those okay. two. I agree. The only other note I have to this point is this movie is very pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was shot very well. It's very um, aesthetically pleasing. Yes. And there were three jump scares in this scene. Oh, shit. Let's hear them. You got them written down? The handle, mm-hmm. which that would freak me out if it was oh, jingling yeah. all over the place like that. Yeah. And then well, I said jump scare the lady screaming times two. So there must have been a second. Mm. A I second think, person? No, she must have screamed and then did something else again. That made oh, me go, oh. okay. Okay. <laughs> Lady times two. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I yeah. got you. Two jump scares. I had a fun fact. Yeah. Hit me with it. So back when um, she's talking to Miss McMichael, mm, <laughs> that last yeah. name is terrible. It's not a great name. Um, And she's like, oh, well, since we have our very own Jane Austen, and she's like, no, I'm more of a Mary Shelley because she was widowed or whatever. Um, And Mary Shelley created Frankenstein. She did. It's, have you ever read the book? No. It's a fantastic book. 
I found that on a drunk history. <laughs> You're probably sick of hearing this, but I actually have it if you want to borrow it. Oh, snap. I will. <laughs> there was one that I wanted to borrow that we were talking about last time, but I can't remember now. It's over there. Whatever Misery, wasn't it? No. No? Misery, wasn't it? <laughs> you fucking hillbilly, dude. <laughs> was it? Misery? You got any more of them bush lights, Josh? Scene three, enjoy the club in the morning. I like to hit the club at night. Her dad's hitting the club every morning, mm-hmm. Seth. You should you should do that yourself. No. The scene opens with Edith's dad hiring a private investigator to look into Thomas and Lucille while Edith visits Dr. Allen. Dr. Allen shows her a contraption used to capture images of ghosts as they look at the images on a projector. He warns her about the sharps and asks her to be careful around them. We cut to Thomas and Edith walking through a crowded park as Thomas reads Edith's book and Lucille discusses dying butterflies with Edith as the and the fragility of beautiful things. She la- Are you laughing at me? <laughs> You recovered it. It's fine. Sorry. She <laughs> she lays a dying butterfly down as we see ants start to eat it. We see that Thomas and Lucille are talking about Edith while she's not around, talking about her being too young. They discuss her ring and how they are not selling it. They're buying something with it. We see the private detective hand Edith's father an envelope. We cut to Edith's father reading the paper in his office as Edith gets him. Uh, she comes to retrieve him for dinner. They're having like a group dinner. Her dad uh, asks her to get Thomas and Lucille, bring them to her his office. They discuss Thomas falling in love with his daughter as he hands him the envelope and Thomas asks if she knows. So something's going on here. He hands them a check and tells them that the check will clear once they're on a train out of town. He then tells Thomas that he must break his daughter's heart this evening. We cut to Thomas giving a speech at dinner saying goodbye and that they'll be departing for England as Edith Edith gets upset and leaves the room. In the hallway, Thomas rips her book apart, just makes fun of it, and we see as he's doing this, people start to to spill in behind him there. He calls her a spoiled child as she slaps him in front of the entire group and runs upstairs as we see Lucille lurking in the shadows. We cut to Edith's father in the shower room at the club again in the morning, applying shaving cream as he hears a rumbling. His sink starts to overflow as he goes to check on the sound. He bends down to pick his razor up as someone dressed in black from behind him starts beating his head against the sink, killing him. Whoa. Brutal. Okay, this park scene... The butterflies and the ants and what did you guys think that was over the top? A little too much. I think so, yeah. especially like the up close of like the ants, ants eating. eating the butterfly. I was like, yeah, we get it. But we know that Victoria or Lucille, sorry, is fucking weird oh, at yeah. this point. Like, what the fuck with this chick? Yeah. There, it's very like artsy. She's talking about the art or like the fragility of dying things, which I did fuck up earlier. Jess, thanks for making fun of me. And um, like you see this. The, the ants eating the butterfly and like I don't know it's just too much for me. Yeah. Do we need this scene? No. Okay. And I thought the thing in the eye doctor was interesting with the little ghost. Oh yeah, where he was showing clip like yeah. slides. Yeah. So like, did he yes. know that she could see them, or did he that, just think she was interested in it? That was going to be my question because she she says you've never shown me this stuff or you've never taken interest in this before or yeah. something. So I have that. I have a question later about the whole ghost thing, but. Yeah, I don't, that whole, because it really never comes around and they don't, Mm-mm. after that, and they don't talk about it before, so I don't know. But I like that, and I don't remember what he said, but the comparison he did to the colorblind thing mm-hmm. about, like, just because you can't see it doesn't mean it, you know, I thought that was kind of neat. I assume just because, like, her book was, like, about it, that maybe, mm-hmm. he, I don't know if he read it or she was talking to him about it, and. He obviously is into her. Oh, obviously. Oh, for sure. Sexually. Yeah. Dr. Al. Yeah. Um, 
the scene where he is like being a real prick to her, obviously trying to upset her, and her dad just stands there and watches. Like, I feel like, yeah, he was supposed to break her heart, but he was like way over the top. Yeah. But like we find out, I feel like he just did it on purpose to be, you know, a dick. Oh, yeah. yeah well, yeah. Her dad or the Thomas? Thomas? Thomas. Like, he obviously went overboard with it. Okay. For sure. Um, at this point, who did you guys think had was the one that had killed Edith's dad? Thomas. Thomas. Just because how violent it was. Yeah. It kind of made it look like, because you can see from the back, you couldn't mm. see who it was, but it did kind of, they, they definitely did a great job of making it, uh, it definitely looked like him from the back. I mm-hmm. agree. But I thought he was going to like slit his throat with the razor because I kept showing and then it was the sink. Oh, just God. fucking beat his face to a pulp. That face, man. Mm. Scene four. Wake up, Edith. The scene opens to Edith being woken up and told that Thomas had delivered her manuscript along with the letter. In the letter, Thomas confesses everything that her dad forced him to break her heart in front of everyone. Edith runs through town and finds Thomas at the hotel. He tells her the or he tells her Lucille left, but he couldn't. He had to stay. There's a link um, between their hearts that cannot be broken. He's laying it on real thick here, by the way. Mm-hmm. And then they kiss a lot. In front of everybody, I'm not a big fan of a PDA. I don't know, oh. but I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, oh what? Jess is like, I, I love saying, that oh. shit. Oh. Saying, oh, I'm just, I don't know. I, I like, don't like it when it's real, like open mouthy, and they're like, oh no, like, yeah. like spit strings. Yeah. Oh. No, not spit strings. <laughs> Seth loves the old spit no. string. Um. We see they're interrupted by um, her father's lawyer as well as the police. Uh, they had found her father. They go to the morgue. Dr. Allen rushes in trying to save Edith from having to identify her father. Um, Dr. Allen tries to examine the body. Edith breaks down seeking comfort from Thomas, not Dr. Allen. We cut to the burial ceremony as Dr. Allen and Thomas give each other odd glances across the aisle. And we see that Edith is wearing Lucille's ring. So this is where I was like, this went awfully quick. <laughs> what do you think Dr. Allen saw on the body? Because he notices something and then um, Edith or Thomas, one of the two, interrupt and like stop him from... And, right. Like, did, I couldn't figure out what it was. Did he, no, because I grabbed his hair, like the back of his head. So I don't know what you would see. Unless there was like hair pulled out or something. Mm, possibly. Okay, I didn't know if it was something I dismissed, but it doesn't sound like it must have been anything. Uh, and do you think like Alan's suspicious yeah. at this point, or just jealous? Both. Both. I think he's suspicious, but we're supposed to interpret that as jealousy. But I maybe it is. I took it as suspicious. Poor Doctor Allen. I know. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I feel bad for the guy. Yeah, he clearly is super into her. Like, what's the problem? And she goes for Some this fucking shady guy who comes into town. Yeah. Okay, but how fucking often does that happen? Like, you've got this right. guy who your dad likes. He's, like, perfect so, on paper. Right. You don't want that guy. You want the mysterious Englishman, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Loki. Yeah. Okay? With no money. The With no god money. of mischief. Yeah. In a suit that's a decade old, she said. But well-tailored. But well-tailored. <laughs> Okay, so I think we've already covered this, but Loki, I mean Thomas, he's super sketchy, correct? Mm, okay. Yeah. Um, and so does this ring mean they're married or engaged? Or both? I took it as engaged. Okay. Yeah. At this point, because then obviously in the next scene. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're married. Scene five, Allerdale Hall, Cumberland, England. 
Thomas and Edith arrive in a stagecoach as Thomas looks annoyed that there's a stray dog outside. Thomas carries Edith into the house, which appears to have leaves falling through the ceiling. What the F? She tells him that it's colder inside than outside. He tells her that they can't keep the uh, they can't keep with the upkeep or the rotting. That there's mines below and the house is sinking as he steps on a board and there's like this gooey blood looking stuff that comes out of the floor. I think it was supposed to be clay. Yeah. Okay. I, it was just redder than what I envisioned clay. Okay. Yeah. And more liquidy? Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Thomas goes to his workshop in the attic Moist. as Edith searches the house for Lucille. Edith thinks she's a, she sees a woman and follows her, finding an elevator. Thomas tells her never to go below the current level as she'll go into the mines, which is dangerous. They find Lucille, who acts very odd when Edith asks her for copies of the house keys. The keys! <laughs> Uh, as Edith is taking a bath uh, Thomas and Lucille discuss the dog and that the dog should be dead they left it outside on its own they also discuss Thomas uh, having chosen Edith and Lucille's asking why basically she's kind of questioning as to why he likes Edith back in the bathtub Edith sees the like a shadow ghost again and goes to investigate um they do see the ghost is missing. We see the ghost is missing a finger, but we don't really know what that means just yet uh, but it is definitely a different ghost than she saw before correct Yes. Correct. Okay. The dog comes back without its ball, and suddenly the ball rolls back into the room and hits Edith. We see Edith drinking tea that Thomas had made for her. It's the same tea we saw him making earlier when he was talking to Lucille. It looked like he took some berries or something out of a out of a tin to smash into the tea. We find out later what that is. But uh, he does put her to bed, and we see Lucille looking through a keyhole outside the room watching them. The next morning, Edith wakes up to find Lucille playing the piano. Lucille tells Edith that they were not allowed anywhere in the house other than the nursery and the attic when they were kids. She shows her the picture of her mother. Mother. <laughs> mother. Father. <laughs> Fuck me, dude. Fucking Marky Mark always coming out on me here. <sighs> Boy. In the picture of... Their mother, Edith notices the ring that she's currently wearing. Lucille shows Edith the library with an awkward book of two people banging. The people banging on the on that book look just like Lucille and Thomas, in my opinion. But you know, it's neither here nor there. Edith tells Lucille they traveled in separate cabins the whole way there, and Lucille looks very relieved that Edith and Thomas traveled all the way to Europe in separate cabins. Okay, this house. Yeah, let's talk about this place. Fucking gross. It's disgusting. Can you live in a house like that? No. no. There's a hole in the roof. There's a hole in the roof. There's <laughs> it's like snowing shit in the house. Coming up from under the floors, clay. It's dirty. It's dirty. That bathroom is disgusting. I didn't yeah. like when she asked him how many rooms were in there and he was like, I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He should like, know. Like red flag. Mm-hmm. Red flag. Red shit coming up through the floor. Another red flag. <laughs> Yeah, she's not even like phased by this. I'd no. be like, um, I'm gonna go stay at the inn. It just, it just made me wonder, like, back in in that time, would somebody really just like get with somebody that quick and then like move with them, like, not even like knowing their living situation or anything like that? Probably back then. She didn't even like move across town, right? She like mm-hmm. went to a different country. It's crazy. Like, wouldn't you show up there and be like, uh, no? And yeah. No, sorry. <laughs> And this just, I just thought of this, but if you look at the way they shot the beginning of this movie and how pretty everything is, and when her dad is at that country club or whatever, mm-hmm. and you, like the walls are all marble, and their mm-hmm. house that she lives in with her dad is just remarkable. Yeah. And then she moves to this shithole. Yeah. Right? It's like, really? I mean, it was probably a nice house at one time. 
I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was. This um, is where I start getting suspicious that Lucille and um, Thomas were actually married. Yeah. I, I, like, hmm. I actually had that same note. I said, do you guys think they're really brother and sister or something else going on No, here? she's acting too fucking weird. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that red sludge was not only coming up through the floorboards, it was also go- draining out of the walls. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And the ghost again. Gosh, the CGI killed me, man. I wish they wouldn't have done these ghosts. I, I was disappointed in that. Because it could have been a lot scarier. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Totally. <laughs> the keys. I actually wrote the keys in all caps. Oh, uh, Lord. Um, like, that should have been a red flag. No, you can't have keys to certain rooms in the right. Why? Yeah, but well, I, I mean, she did make a good point. She was like, this house is dangerous, and you shouldn't have access to all of it yet. Mm. Once you feel more comfortable, we'll get your keys. I agree. I think it's sketchy, but she did kind of sell it pretty well. But the elevator apparently is okay to get in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just get in um, the fucking sketchy elevator. The other thing, when um, Thomas arrives, he and Lucille have a very awkward hug. Yeah. Which is when I was like, I don't think yep. these two are brother and sister. Me too. And just the way she looked at her. Like, yeah. Yeah. welcome. And she was very interested in their sex life. Oh, yeah. Because she definitely wanted to know mm-hmm. if they had, had banged yet. And the mother in that picture? Creepy yeah, the mom ass the woman. Talk about some RBF. Yeah. <laughs> Like whoever painted that should have been fired. <laughs> and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but did uh, when they when Lucille took Edith to the library and she was showing her the pictures on the sides of the books? Did she? Because she said there's secrets everywhere in this house. No. Yeah. Did they draw those pictures on the sides of the book? Because you had to bend the book to see that. Yeah. It looked. I, I mean, know. it was well drawn, so I don't know how. Okay. Or painted on. I don't know how they would have done that. I almost feel yeah. like her and Thomas had done that like drawn it on there because she's like there's secrets everywhere within this house but the people look like a red haired woman which would she have black hair in this movie mm-hmm. yeah it's dark okay so maybe not then okay maybe i just poked holes to my own theory exciting stuff south when you can do that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. poke holes and thangs yeah come on too. down to the glory barn where you can poke holes in whatever you want to oh my god dude <laughs> Scene six, Dr. Allen plays Sherlock Holmes. The scene opens with Dr. Allen finding the check that Edith's father had written to Thomas and Lucille. Uh, then it, Seth and I talked about this earlier. He awkwardly looks at the bathhouse sink. Not sure what he was looking for there, but he was doing some investigating. Back at the Allerdale home, we see Edith exploring the grounds and finding a room full of butterflies as she hears a woman moaning. We notice that it's now snowing inside the house, so there were leaves coming through the middle of the house. Now it's snowing, so, you know, the seasons are progressing here. Edith Edith, Edith enters Thomas's workshop. Thomas awkwardly watches Edith, telling her that she's so different as they share an awkward kiss. Lucille interrupts them, and she brings in more tea, which Thomas declines to drink, but Edith does drink the tea. Suddenly, Edith wakes up, and it's nighttime, and she's in bed alone. Naturally, she goes searching the house with, you know, candles. Why wouldn't you? Hearing the dog scratching behind the door, she opens the door to find that the dog is not actually behind the door. It's down the hall. The door slams shut. When Edith looks inside, she finds a box that was uh, its wax cylinder recordings. Mm-hmm. Did you guys know what the hell that was? Nope. Same here. I was confused. I'm like, what is that? No, that I've mean? seen that. It's like a phonograph, <laughs> like an early one. Okay. Before I was they like, were like record, like 
flat records. Okay. I had no idea. We find mm-hmm. out later kind of what it is, but suddenly a ghost climbs through the floor and crawls its way toward Edith, who takes off running, making it to the elevator. The elevator lowers her to the mines, where Thomas told her not to go. She finds a chest marked Enola. We cut to Thomas outside working on his clay digging contraption. Edith interrupts, asking if someone died in the house, specific deaths, violent deaths have happened in this house. He kind of shrugs her off and begins to work uh, on his contraption there. He burns his hand. He has a moment of doubt about himself, and Edith really comes comes full circle as his wife and really makes him feel good about himself. Oh, my God, we're right at that scene with the... No, the candle scene, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he tells her that soon it'll be snowing. She'll find out exactly why they call this place Crimson Peak. <gasps> the ore in the red clay leach up through the ground and turn the snow bright red. They call it Crimson Peak. Edith looks terrified and begins to cry. Okay, let's cut back to the workshop where um, Edith goes and f- to Thomas's weird ass workshop. By the way, did you notice there was a doll that had like two faces? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One was like kind of pretty, and the other was no. kind of spooky. No. I was like, hmm, okay. That and all the butterflies up there. Yeah, what's with the butterflies? I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. No, we don't ever get a reason for the butterflies. Okay. No, other than they're, her talking about it in the beginning, and then yeah, unless like, she said something, yeah, that we missed. Mm, okay. Um, her dress right now we're watching her in this dress that I'm talking about what did people actually dress like this to go to bed you got the big fluffy shoulder pads and like I'm sure they did I bet that does not look comfortable at all no I mean they wore a lot of stuff back then and the uh, yellow dress actually said I could see Jess in this yellow outfit ooh <laughs> that'd be fun I'd wear that do old wheelchairs creep you guys out like that yes. one? I hate those wheelchairs that look like that. They they're don't creep creepy. me. I don't find them creepy. What do you mm. find creepy about them? I don't them? know. I don't know if it's because they're wood. I th- they look rickety. Yeah, they just look like that. I don't know. Maybe because they're always in creepy movies. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Um, so were the in the basin, when she goes down the elevator, were these um, wells? I don't know. I was going to ask what these things were. I didn't know either. They look like little hot tubs. Ooh. Yeah. Fun. <laughs> um, but the moaning was definitely coming from down there, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it should be noted that Crimson Peak is the place that the ghost, when she was a girl, told her to beware of. Yeah. So. And back to the country club. I guess I mm-hmm. get why Alan was looking, because if he was just supposed to have slipped and fallen, like his face would not be that fucked up. Oh, that's what they said as he slipped and fell? Yeah, because in the morgue, they're like, no, nobody knows he was alone. And that's all they said. Oh. Like, wouldn't you assume that, I mean, as violent as that was, that... Yeah, I... So I think that's why he was, like, suspicious. 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 Huh. So maybe okay. he was looking at the sink, like, how could he just fall on this and... Yeah. That does fucking make... hole in his face. Yeah, that definitely makes more sense. Yeah. Okay. They just didn't execute it that well. Because he definitely looked like he was, like, bludgeoned. Like, yeah, it looked like there was oh, a big yeah. piece of his face missing. There was. He had like a big crack yeah. in his forehead. That's crazy. Okay, scene seven. Edith seems to have found happiness. We see Dr. Allen walking in a cemetery with Edith's dad's lawyer. It's a mouthful. We find out that Edith asked for all of her assets to be transferred to England and invested in Thomas's contraption. Cut back to Edith dreaming and seeing a pointing ghost just as she wakes up to find she's coughing up blood. 
Once again, Thomas is not in bed with her, and um, she goes on a candlelight search. She asks for a sign from a ghost as we see one walk behind her. She hears a woman screaming and a child laughing. Edith approaches the bathroom to find the red ghost from earlier in the tub with an axe in its head. The ghost tells her to leave now. His blood will be on your hands. Edith finds Thomas and Lucille, and she explains what she saw. She tells them she must leave immediately. Lucille tells her that she has nowhere to go. We see Thomas and Lucille talking, and she asks Edith um, how, or she asks how Edith can know about their mother. Lucille tells him that once Edith signs the final papers, she wants her out of here. We cut to Thomas picking up his items from a post office. The postmaster tells Edith that she has letters, one that came from Italy. We see Dr. Allen talking to the private investigator back in the States. Uh, we find out that there are some gruesome murders that happened in Allendale, or Allerdale, I'm sorry, and that Thomas is already married. We cut back to England as the weather gets worse, forcing Thomas and Edith to stay in town at the post office overnight. They just happen to have a room downstairs they can sleep in. And thank God... They finally have sex. Thank God. Oh, my gosh. Am I the only one that was concerned that she woke up and was coughing blood? No, I was. I said, shit, that's never good. That's never good. No. Especially during that time period. Mm -hmm. That's a death sentence. Yeah. So, like, how did this happen, Seth? She travels all the way to England, perfectly healthy little girl. All of a sudden, she's coughing up blood. Shouldn't drink that fucking tea. That's what always I'm the tea. What was it called? Like thorn something? Yeah, thornberry. Thorn puking up blood tea. Plus, we saw it if you're paying attention earlier when um, she was in the bathtub. Lucille and Thomas were in the kitchen. She put some weird shit in the tea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I said it looked like berries. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that Lucille's always giving her tea all the time. Yeah. All the time. And does it seem like she just like passes out a lot every mm-hmm. fucking time? Yeah. yeah, I'd be putting two. And I two couldn't together. tell for a little bit, but I was like. Uh, there's something in the tea like she keeps falling asleep randomly and gotta be talk about the titties on that ghost thing that came up (laughs) good i didn't even see see those things no it it made me think of the shining yeah in the bathroom that exact part what the titties look i missed the titties they were like weird kind of saggy they're saggy and yeah but pointy still like (laughs) why i mean okay back then they didn't have the contraptions that we have today to keep them up and you know high and tight right i mean i don't know i'm not speaking from experience they wore corsets that stuff held everything up she was a a dead person too (laughs) yeah Yeah. i think it just that just stuck out to me because it's red body and there's fucking weird boobs on it dead women definitely do not wear bras seth Mm-mm. No, they shouldn't have to. Mm-hmm. Just why? You know <laughs> they what? shouldn't have to. <laughs> They're dead. I mean, God. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I have a note. The CGI continues to get worse. Yeah, okay. except for the titties. Those were bad. <laughs> Those were bad. Okay, so how long do you think these two have been married? I feel like it's only been like a week or two, don't you? The season changed. It's snowing now. I was thinking like a month or something like that. Oh, there's that. Jessica's dress. But how long yes. would it have taken them to get uh, from... See, that's creepy. Yeah, that's the pointing thing. I don't like that. How long would it have taken them to get from Buffalo, New York to England? Uh, Well, by ship, it was like six, seven days. No. Mm-hmm. Mm. We're in the steamship era now, Josh. And she was like... Six or seven days? Yeah, and across the Atlantic? Really? She Back then? She slept in her own cabin. Yeah. Because he was respectful of her mourning. Mm. But they would have had to take a train to like Buffalo to New York City and then get on a mm-hmm. boat and then however was, far out this is. I was thinking like at least six months. No, it's not like 1,400. 
Okay. All right. <laughs> I can't imagine it taking like seven days to get to my destination. Yeah. Seven days is normally like the vacation time. Right. Or the amount of time it takes Samara <gasps> to kill you. That too. Yeah. Okay. I, I was thinking it was like, I'm like, this dude and lady have not had sex in this long. But oh, like, you, I thought you said you thought it took them six months to get to England. No, 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 no. <laughs> six, <laughs> I, I feel like they have been together for six months. I don't feel like it's been that long, but maybe. I felt like it was like yeah. a month or something. Yeah. Like okay. Okay. It hadn't been that long. Then I apologize. I'm just like, man, that's. It's not like they didn't try to get it on though. And old Lucille pops yeah. in tea time. Mm-hmm. She's always there with the fucking tea. <laughs> Doc Block and Lucy. All right. Scene eight. Lucille, we're back. In the morning, they arrive back at the Allerdale house uh, with no sight of Lucille at first. Finally, Lucille does uh, pop up, and she's extremely pissed off they stayed out all night. She slams a pot of food down and says she cannot be alone. Lucille goes to make... uh, Ooh, you okay? Yeah. It's two weeks in a row. You've bashed your face on that. What's my beer can? (laughs) Lucille goes to make Edith tea as she doesn't feel very well. Um, Lucille finds Edith's letters, and Edith finds Lucille's key that says... In, it's Enola, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got Ebola on here. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Ebola. It's Enola. Um, that's funny. Edith opens the letters from Italy, finding it states Enola. So this letter is to um, Enola. It is not to Edith. She goes below to use Enola's key because she did steal that key that had Enola on it. She opens the chest. She finds packages from all over these cities that her father had previously told Thomas he failed to raise capital in. Suddenly, she hears a banging noise and opens up one of the well lids to find a thick red sludge. She stirs it with a pipe. As she leaves, a body rises to the top. Outside, Lucille realizes that her Enola key is missing. She finds Edith pretending to be asleep and brings her a glass of water, laying her keys down on the table purposely so that Edith would put the key back on the ring, which stupidly Edith does put the key back on the ring. Later that night, we see Edith listening to a recording device, which I think Seth, what did you call this thing? Uh, what did I call it? It was very intelligent at the time. Phonograph. God, yes. It took me a minute. Lost it for a second. So came back. It's basically a recording of Thomas and all of these other women having discussions about um, money and him really caring for them. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one where it's him only caring about the money. And then there's something that kind of, it's like a, a another lady talking about how um, they're killing them. The poison is in the tea. I thought this was a really creepy scene. What? What the recording's playing. Okay, just her listening to it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, hearing this, Edith goes outside to find that she's trapped at Allerdale due to the snowstorm. Edith awakes in bed again as Lucille brings her tea and food. They'd found her on the steps, is what they told her. Thomas interrupts them, bringing a wheelchair and telling her never to drink the tea. Downstairs, Lucille tells Thomas that it's too late. She knows everything. She put the poison in the porridge. Don't worry. So Lucille is bound and determined to kill this girl. Lucille tells him that she'd be taken from there and hung if anyone ever found out what they had done. They must stay together as always, and then they both begin to cry. We see that in town, Dr. Allen has arrived. He's at the post office, I believe. But no one will help him get to Allerdale due to the storm. They tell him it's about a four-hour walk off the road. Shoot. Holy smokes. Um, yeah. So Edith, at this point, clearly knows they're trying to kill her. Yeah. Which, did you guys catch on to this way before she did? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and it has your creepy wheelchair. It does. (laughs) Do you think Thomas really is trying to help her here? Because he 
kind of feels like he is, but then I also feel like he goes out of the room and he's not. I don't know. It's like confusing because you can tell that he is like starting to like actually fall in love with her and like care for her. I think he just feels obligated yeah, at he this point. Definitely to, is like torn yeah. on what to, I feel like on what to do. Like okay. I think he really is more towards Edith and mm-hmm. just kind of wants <laughs> the yep. whole Lucille situation to go away. She's fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But I think he probably feels bad at the same time. And why does she stick that stick like all the way down in that? I was like, what is she doing? Oh, she was looking. I, I'm not sure. She was like stirring it up, I thought. But then I, of course, as soon as she walks away, then the body floats up. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. All right. Scene nine. Edith has a new set of wheels. Back at Allerdale, uh, Edith is puking in the sink and wheeling through the house in her new wheelchair. She finds the ghost of Enola floating and holding a baby. Enola points Edith in the direction of a secret room where she walks in on Thomas and Lucille fooling around. He's getting what appears to me to be a very, very dry hand job. Yeah. Very Four. dry. Very, she she needs to do a little bit of like she put some baby powder on it. And then, like, <laughs> oh my god! Like, I couldn't tell if he was enjoying it or it hurt. I was like, I don't really know what's going on here. Uh, Lucille takes her ring back and pushes Edith off of a balcony just as Doctor Allen arrives, banging on the door. We find out that Doctor Allen set Edith's leg as uh, after she fell, she broke her leg, so Doctor Allen had to set it for her. I think she was passed out when this happened, and then he asked for a moment alone with Edith. In the other room, Lucille hands Thomas a knife and tells him it's his turn this time. Dr. Allen, aware of what's going on, tries to escape with Edith, but is stopped at the front door by Lucille and Thomas. Dr. Allen shows Edith the paper of her mother of their mother's death. He explains that the children killed their mother. Thomas was sent away to a boarding school, and Edith was sent away to a, um, a correction, like a, an insane asylum, I guess. Yeah. What's the correct word for that? Um, mental hospital? institution yeah the institution i guess back then but he does make a comment that her history is much less clear uh or her story is much less clear Ooh. so yeah hmm just after this lucille stabs dr allen with a knife like in the armpit is that where she stabbed him it was like in the uh, rib or I don't, yeah it was like an odd place to stab somebody i didn't know where it was exactly uh but thomas like limps off as uh or thomas Dr. Allen limps off as Edith hands Thomas a knife and tells him to finish the job. Thomas walks up to Dr. Allen and stabs him like super freaking awkwardly in the stomach. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you didn't hear what he said. You're a doctor. Show me where. Yeah. So I was confused if okay. he wanted to, if Thomas was like wanting to kill him quickly or if like Allen knew I think... that Thomas didn't want to kill him, but just wanted to make it look like it. Yep. That's it. But how did Allen know that? The look he gave him, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think it was yeah. just the look. Um, but it was still really awkward. You could tell he didn't really stab because they, like, they yeah. were both like shaking, like <laughs> like that. Like, uh. It was just weird. Uh. It was very poorly, <laughs> poorly portrayed there. But anyway, in the, in the very next scene, we find out he didn't really stab him as he helps Do- as Thomas helps Doctor Allen into the basement and tells him he'll bring Edith back down and they will escape through the mines. Okay, so back inside, Lucille and Edith discuss the previous women that Thomas had married. Lucille had killed them. We find out that Enola's baby was actually Lucille's baby, but she says it was born wrong. So Thomas and Lucille did have a baby. Lucille tells her that she saved Thomas from beatings as a child. When their mother found out about them, um, 
They knew that their only love had been each other's as they were hiding in the walls of the house. Lucille admits to killing Edith's father just as Edith stabs her in the cheek with a pin, or I'm sorry, stabs her in the neck with a pin, escaping. Just then, she runs into Thomas, who tells her to wait outside. He'll get her papers. Thomas tries to talk to Lucille and admits he's fallen in love with Edith. As he does this, Lucille stabs him multiple times in the chest and then stabs him directly in the freaking face. He sits down, slowly pulling the knife out of his cheek. Holy cow. So she does admit, because I think Edith accuses her of not being Thomas's sister, right? She's mm-hmm. like, so you're his wife. And she's yeah. like, oh, no, I'm, I'm his sister. Yeah, that's <laughs> when you're like, oh, God, this kind of family. That's very Game of Thrones-esque. Um, <laughs> did that bother you guys? Like, was that, were you like, ugh? It's pretty gross. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't surprised, though. I kind of saw it coming, but I also feel like I'm desensitized to it because of Game of Thrones, and it's such like a, just a thing in Game of Thrones that I was like, oh, that's, that's, saw that coming. Not that I'm condoning it. I mean, if you, know, well, yeah, if you want to yeah. bone your sister, go for it, yeah. I guess. But hey, you know, it's whatever. Um, and that drawer with the hair in it. Yeah. So she's got hair. Of locks of hair. All the like, victims that she's killed. This yeah, is Lucille. Yeah. Do you guys think Dr. Allen would have made it all the way to that house in that snowstorm? Four hours off the road, which I'm assuming is by in normal conditions. Yeah, maybe. Mm. He's in love, Josh. Okay. He put on them snow boots and mm-hmm. did it. Yeah, he sure did. And the knife <laughs> pulling out of the face was pretty like yeah. fucking uh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, that was a really see that was done well. It was done well. I agree. Um, I think it's safe to say we all saw this twist coming. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Did you think it was going to be his sister? Or you just thought they were going to be married. I just thought they were going to be married. I wasn't okay. sure about the. I had a suspicion. You had a suspicion mm-hmm. about the sis. Yeah. Okay. Scene ten. Run, rabbit, run. Lucille chases Edith through the house as Edith makes it to the elevator, but not before stopping in the kitchen to grab a knife. She makes it to the basement where she reunites with Doctor Allen. They hide as Lucille joins them in the basement. Lucille moves a block from the floor and pulls out the cleaver that she used to kill her mother. Lucille chases Edith out into the snow as we see now why they call this place Crimson Peak. So this was shot really well as well. There's like snow, but there's the red coming through the snow. I thought it looked great. Edith walks around dumbly, holding her knife out in front of her as we see Lucille running around behind her in the snow and in the clay. Lucille attacks Edith, making her drop her knife, but she finds a shovel. Edith tells Thomas to help her as Lucille turns around to see a poorly CGI'd Thomas behind her. He's a ghost now. See-through, transparent. Edith hits Lucille with the shovel, knocking her to her knees. Lucille gets out one final threat before Edith delivers the final blow to her head, killing her. She touches the ghost of Thomas on his face just as he disappears. I like this chase scene, honestly. I thought it was probably, it was one of my favorite parts of the whole movie. I think Mm. it was shot well. So you see um, Lucille running through the snow behind Edith. I didn't like Edith's uh, approach to this. She's there was a, like a lot of places she could have hit too. Yeah, held her fucking knife out, like walking, like hey, <laughs> and that fucking butcher you. knife that Lucille comes up with, mm. the thing was huge. <laughs> it's it's like, the one sticking out of that ghost's head, right? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, I I did like this final showdown. I thought it was good, minus again the CGI, which we'll talk about here in a minute. Um, but I again from. A visual standpoint, it was really good, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. And I really liked the blow with the shovel to kill Lucille because you kind of mm-hmm. see like some brain matter flying yeah. up. I'm yeah. Like, okay. She's finally dead. And I, I kind of like for a tad feel bad for Lucille because you know she's fucking like 
crazy. Yeah. Like she's got something wrong with her. Oh yeah, I mean they were like tortured as children. So. Yeah, so I kind of felt bad for her briefly. The final scene. We see Edith and Dr. Allen walking down the drive as the town people approach with lanterns. The camera pans back into the mansion, showing a now ghost Lucille playing piano as the snow continues to fall inside the house. As the credits roll, we learn that Edith has written a novel titled Crimson Peak. The end. That was a lot, dude. That was like a two-hour movie, though. It so. was. I didn't realize that until I started watching it. I mean, you shouldn't pick your movie just strictly based on the runtime. No. But, no. you know, a, a two-hour movie is going to be a longer podcast than an hour and a half movie is all I'm saying. That is true. That <laughs> is true. Okay. We're in thoughts after watching. Do you guys think that Dr. Allen would survive that blow? Is that really realistic? Because that would... Which one? Dr. Allen, when he gets stabbed in the rib. And then he limps around. He's bleeding everywhere. Is he really going to make it four hours back to town? The bleed out would be, yeah. I agree. Would be what I would think would cause. Unless yeah. there was something like they really had it wrapped up. I don't know. Yeah, that, you know, Texas Chainsaw Butcher Salt. I think he's Yeah, oh, yes. Maybe they had some in the house and he just yeah. okay. rubbed it on there. Do we ever find out the significance of the butterflies? No. no. And I always think of like the butterfly effect whenever we see these things in these movies, mm-hmm. but it had nothing to do with that. The only thing I can come up with is that it was supposed to be a comparison of something nasty, which we perceive to be nasty, or mm-hmm. vile, which is an ant eating the pretty butterfly. Because yeah. I think, doesn't she say something about beautiful things? Or yeah. I forget. Yeah. That's the only thing I can come up with. And I'm assuming that Edith is supposed to be the butterfly and they're yeah. the ants. Maybe that scene was supposed to be telling us that it just wasn't done well. Well, they had two hours to do it, so I don't no. know. Maybe they could have cut out some of this other shit. Um, <laughs> do, do we ever find out why Edith can talk to ghosts? Not that I saw. No. Or that she sees ghosts. I don't think she talks to them. She just sees them. She just sees them. Okay. I don't know if I missed something. Um, well, what, her mom was the first one? Yeah, when yeah. she was a child, and then it said she didn't see it again until it was much too late or something. Yeah, it was like much later. Unless we're supposed to think she's a medium because she writes these books. I I don't know. Yeah. Oh, that's true. I didn't think about that. I mean, it has the ghost thing all through it, right? Because she writes the books about ghosts. I don't know, though. If she was a medium, she would have saw some of this shit coming. Or she would have had had much more of like a instinct to be like, "Eh, maybe I shouldn't go with this guy. Yeah. Agreed. Do you think seeing ghosts back then would be like way more scary than now? Because now we have all these movies. Probably. Back then it was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Probably. Maybe, but I feel like also back then it would have been, I think they were more open-minded to stuff like that versus what we are today. I don't know. I feel like they looked for it, whereas I don't think we do. Maybe. Mm-hmm. There definitely won't have been as like, much information on it. Right. Yeah, definitely not. Um, as a father, I have to hope that I would have handled that entire situation that Edith's dad did much better. So he gets he pays a private investigator. He gets all this dirt on these two people. He writes them a check and then allows them to go back to dinner. Allows them to make a spectacle of his daughter in front of everybody. Like why didn't he just make them leave? I don't get that either. I don't know. Like he thought well if I pay them like they'll leave for sure but I, I still don't understand why he had to have him do that to her in front of everybody maybe I, he thought she would go after him still 
that he would go after her that she would go after thomas edith mm. if he just left you know yeah but i feel like if you were like hey look at all this shit i found out about this guy he's mm. already married uh we do find out that because remember um the private investigator tells Dr. Allen that he couldn't find the newspaper article about their mother's death. It was hard to get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he was only able to give him the uh, legal documents. So the dad didn't know about the mom's death. So, But still, if the guy's already married... Maybe he thought he was protecting her. I, I don't know. And we are led to believe that they are basically living on these wealthy women's money that they that Thomas mm-hmm. is talking them into transferring into his yep. estate. Okay. Yep. Another question. Why would they keep all these bodies under this house if they live four hours off the road? They seem to have all this land. Why would you keep these dead bodies in vats under your freaking house? I don't, I don't know. That part's never really clear. I think that was a Lucille decision off yeah. her fucking rocker. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she's like, let's put them in the vats. Put them downstairs. From from the what I gathered, the final act of this movie really hinges on Thomas's love of he. We're supposed to believe he truly loves Edith, right? That he's making these changes. Sure, they're slow coming, but do, I honestly, throughout the entire movie, especially from the point where they get to England, is that he is actually more annoyed with her than actually likes her. Is that how you guys felt? He was very short with her a lot. It seemed like anytime he asked, she'd ask him a question, he's just like, oh, it's just, you know, it's whatever. And when she came in a room, he would almost be like annoyed. Yeah, I thought yeah. I saw that. Yeah. Is that what you thought mm-hmm. as well? Especially in like when they first got to the house. For a while, he was very. And the fact that he is the one that poisons her first. He makes her first cup of tea yeah. and he's the one that puts the shit. So I'm like. And, and he even tells her what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And he threw that poor dog out asshole yeah that's the part you're most upset about yes makes sense um (laughs) just you asked this question earlier did people really live like this in the 1800s this the house is clearly like falling apart and i would hope not but i really i don't i mean it seemed like they were full-blown living there like they just kind of had blankets and layered up my house was new I when guess. this was taking place. <laughs> nice, dude. Yeah. Good for you. Would you let Tom Heidelstein, Stan, 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 come live with you? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and Seth, you noted this earlier. So I'm just going to repeat it real quick. It's only 2021. The CGI in this movie did not hold up whatsoever, in my opinion. Uh, I would have liked to have seen it with more practical effects, but. Yeah, I was really surprised how crappy they were. Crappy. Let's jump into HMC favorites. Favorite scenes from the movie. I'll go first if you guys don't mind, since I never go first. Okay. I really like the shots of the house, uh, especially when there was snow on the ground and you could see the red um, clay coming up through it, and especially that final scene. I thought it was shot really well, and the um, just the visuals were really good. What about you, Jess? Um, I liked everything around that house too. It was fucking creepy. Like, I know the ghosts weren't... (laughs) (laughs) The ghosts weren't that great, like, CGI-wise, but I liked the house. Like, the house, I feel like, was done really well. Yeah, they did a good job of making that creepy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What about you, Seth? Favorite scene? Scene, scenes, vibe. Well, I like the house a lot, too. I think that must be where the money went. Um, (laughs) Because you could tell it was probably CGI, like the snow on the house and stuff, but it didn't look bad. No. Like the ghost did. Mm-hmm. But I actually really like the phonograph scene mm, where she's listening. Yeah. I just thought it was so creepy. And imagine being her being like, oh, and finding all that out. Yeah. Right. And like, oh, shit. Yeah. 
That's true, especially being her, because really at this point you're so isolated. Like, yeah, what are you really gonna do? Just coughing up blood. Where the hell is she gonna go? You know. And I think Lucille even says, "You have nowhere else to go. Like, where are you gonna go? You have nowhere to go." Right. Okay. Uh, favorite kill in the movie, Jess? What What was your favorite kill? Favorite kill probably has to go to old Thomas. No <laughs> knife in the face, dude. Same here. Like, it's pretty fucking gnarly. Uh, well, she's like stabbing him a bunch in the yeah. chest. I'm like, oh fuck, she's gonna kill this dude, and then she's just like right in the fucking yeah. cheek, dude. She prison shanked him and then right yeah. in the face. And then he sits down and pulls it out. I know, I know that part was. Oof. I really the only thing that would have made it better is if when he was pulling it out, because right below his eye, if his like eye had like popped out a little bit, like fell like, out. Like, <laughs> yeah. What about you? I was gonna say Lucille at the end. Mm, the shovel. Yeah, the shovel. I, I like that one too, but I got because I had that chase scene leading up to it. Right, know. right. There's a lot of suspense. That fucking stab in the eye though. Yeah, that was bad. Um, the thing you liked most about the movie, Seth. I like where I talked about the house. I like the time period a lot. Mm. Um, and I just like these type of movies, ghosts and creepy stuff. And you know. uh, For me, I said my favorite part of the movie was uh, Jessica Chastain playing Lucille. I know you didn't like her. You said she was creepy, and she really mm. was. But I feel like every scene she was in, she really demanded your attention. I was always drawn to her like watching her because she's so fucking weird. Like the scene. No, she did. A, I just didn't like the character. Right. But she did a great job of portraying her. Yeah. Yeah, I think she runs away, in my opinion, with this movie because it's the from the first time you see her at the piano. As soon as she turns around, you're like, okay, something's up with this chick. Yeah. Then when Thomas is um, belittling um, Edith on the stairwell, there they zoom in on Lucille. So I I just think she did a really great job of playing the character. It's almost the lead, really. I yeah, I think yeah. she steals the show for sure. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Jess? Um, same still the house I like that it's like snowing all the time like just like when we were just watching that she's standing in the doorway like at her bed and behind her you just see snow yeah. falling <laughs> like that would just be so fucking wild mm-hmm. I just love this house the house is cool it's a shame they let it go to shit though you know it would be amazing to like fix up a house like that. Oh my god, it'd be cool. Can you imagine yeah. how much you'd have to put into it. Be expensive. What more you could sell it for afterward, though. Like, just look at that shit, though. Like the architecture, like everything that went into it. It's so crazy. The houses were so like well, huge, kind of like, like castles. Yeah. yeah, that's where you had a staff, and you know, it's nuts. yeah. Have you ever had a staff infection? <laughs> I have actually. For real? Yeah. Mm, gross. It's awful. <laughs> Uh, we don't need to hear about it. We're just, just saying it's awful. Yes or no is fine. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> the thing you did not like about the movie, I'm going to go ahead and go because you guys can probably guess what mine is, is the CGI. It just doesn't yeah. hold up. Um, the other thing is I felt like there was kind of a lot of plot holes. Yeah. Okay. A lot of things they didn't really explain. The butterflies. The butterflies. The dad being a chump and not just making them leave, exposing them for what they are, a bunch of crooks. It did feel like they were trying to tackle a lot of story, like different stuff, and it just yeah. didn't, they couldn't cover it all. Two hours, though, man, they should have. I think they uh, there was a few things that could have went and made the yeah. story better, but Jess, what about you? Um, I hated how easy it was to off the dad. Like, it yeah. was just kind of like he was left alone for a second, and then boom. Yeah. I don't know. It just seems like, I don't know, he kind of would have had more people kind of looking over him in his, like, position. Mm-hmm. So that, I thought that was kind of weird. Well, yeah. the first time you see that um, washroom, there's actually a person standing there with, like, a towel, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden this guy's gone. So, yeah, yeah. I get it. I, well, maybe they paid him. Maybe. 
Sucked his dick. Sucked his dick. <laughs> She's like, come over here. <laughs> yeah. Got something for you. Good. <laughs> no, not with that. With what your your <laughs> least favorite thing. No, I don't want you to suck the microphone. <laughs> okay. uh, the CGI, there was a couple slow parts. I didn't like those weird cutaways we talked about with the circle. Yeah, they were real corny. They like did not fit into the movie at all. Oh, almost, like on the ring. Yes. Okay. Where it was like the circle thing. Like, yeah. yeah, it just looked weird. It looked cheesy. Yeah. It was almost like a kid's show. Yeah, I didn't like yeah. that. There's your wheelchair on the TV right now, Seth. I think it's something about the wicker on the back. Yeah, too. I think it is the wicker. Ugh. Um Okay. Right. Last question in HMC. Favorites? Would you watch this movie again, Jess? Yeah. I would. Yeah, I would. I said likely not. If I'm going to watch a movie uh, that is similar to this, I would probably prefer to watch Sleepy Hollow before I'd watch this again. So I probably wouldn't. Just my opinion, but hey, what do I know? Just a stupid hillbilly. <laughs> All right, let's jump into Stabby's ratings. We rate every movie on a zero to five Stabby scale. At the end, we'll average it out and give you our average Stabby's rating. This is really where you should be going to get your ratings for movies. We need to come up with like a website or something. We can put these on there and take over the world. Anyway, our highest average Stabby's rating is Scream with a 4.8, followed by Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2003, The Ring, The Conjuring, Rob Zombie's Halloween all with a 4.7, followed by Halloween H2O with a 4.6. But I don't know that. I think maybe we should move that one, Jess, because you didn't watch that. Or did you give me your rating for that? You did. Never mind, never mind. Do you like it when I ask you a question and then I answer the question for you? I do like it, actually. I apologize. Are you upset? No. Thank you. Forgive you. You're so nice. (laughs) Bringing it up the rear, Jess is the ginger dead man with a .7 average stabbies rating and killer condom with a 1.5 average stabbies rating. And just to kind of stab it in there and add insult to injury, Mark from a podcast on Elm Street, The Thing is in third to last with a (sighs) 2.5. HMC, 36, Crimson Peak, Seth's pick. Do you want to go first as your movie, or do you, you can opt out? You don't have I to go first. I can go first. Are you sure? Yes. I I'm going to give this a 3.8. 3.8 Stabby's rating. Why would you give it a 3.8? You want to exp- expand upon that, Any? Uh, for me, that's tied with Trick or Treat. So I just kind of looked at... Basically, I just looked at what my other ratings were oh. to see where it would fit in there. Okay, well, remind me not to ask him that next time. Jess, dear, I HMC, did. 36, Crimson Peak, oh my God. Suspect, yeah. what do you give it? A solid three. Ooh, a solid three. I did the same thing. I just looked to see. Yeah, what I don't know what you're expecting it. us to say. Like, that's how we all pick our ratings yeah. usually. I don't know if maybe you wanted to compare it or say something. Let me give you a prime example here, Seth. No, 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 no. Okay, good. Let me know when you're ready. (laughs) All right. I enjoyed the visuals of the movie. I like a good time period movie. Again, it doesn't live up to what Sleepy Hollow was. Maybe I put Sleepy Hollow on a pedestal. I don't know, even though apparently our, our episode on that movie sucked. The CGI killed me at times. I really like Jessica Chastain. But the story, it's the story. It falls flat for me. The beginning is just too fucking slow. I think I texted you and I was like, is anything going to happen in this movie? I'm 58 minutes in this movie set and I was bored out of my gourd. Okay. Sorry, people weren't just getting stabbed <laughs> left and right. I know. Again, if I'm going to watch a time period 
piece, it's probably going to be Sleepy Hollow, not this. I gave it a two Stabby's rating out of five. Okay. That's what I'm expecting. Do better next time. No. Um, but Jessica, you did a great job, as always. Of course, we basically did the exact same thing. Did you give it a 3.8, Seth? Yeah. Okay. All right. Great. Just wonderful. Let's jump over to those other people that like to rate movies that I would not go to if I wanted to know what I thought of a movie. I'd probably come to us, wouldn't you, Jess? I would. We know. That's what I do. Seth, why don't you tell everybody the Rotten Tomatoes Critics Consensus? It's right there. You can just read it. (sighs) Crimson Peak offers an engaging, albeit somewhat slight, diversion driven by a delightfully creepy atmosphere. And director, how do you say it? Guillermo. 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 Guillermo del Toro's brilliant knack for unforgettable visuals. You did a great job, dude. Yeah. Like, I'm thoroughly impressed with I how well. I hope by visuals they mean, like, the house and stuff and not the ghosts. Um, the That's movie is shot on it. It's a pretty movie. It's mm. shot very, very well. It's I think it's ghosts. Just, it's the CGI, yeah. man. It's, doesn't it? Every time. They should have hired uh, Mal Macabre, Rah, to come do the, the video. Yeah, they should Agreed. It would have been done much better. Yeah, exactly. Rotten Tomatoes critics, they gave it a 72% on 278 counts. The Rotten Tomatoes audience, that's folks like you and I that can go on there and rate it. They gave it a 55% out of 25,000 ratings. IMDb is a 6.5 out of 10, 130,000 ratings. Us, the horror movie crew, we gave it a 2.93 out of 5 or 59%. Exciting stuff, Seth. Mm-hmm. We actually liked it more than the Rotten Tomatoes audiences, but less than the IMDb folks. Whew, say that five times fast. Huh? That wraps up HMC 36, Crimson Peak, Seth's pick, and it also basically wraps up our Bloody Valentine, a month of love-themed horror. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so our next episode is going to be a Kruby's Request. I think it's Kruby's Request 11. That yes. sounds right. Yes. We're doing Evil Dead 2013, the remake. We're going to have um, Michael from We Love Horror Podcast. He's going to be on here with us discussing that movie. And then in February, we will be on his podcast discussing the original Evil Dead 19-something or other. eighty, oh, Like 81 or one? something. I believe you. Your beard looks true. Oh, shit. Uh-oh. <laughs> exciting stuff. Exciting stuff. Yeah. That's all I have, kids. You guys have anything else you want to shout out anybody? Say anything nice to anybody? Say anything mean to anybody? Wow. Um, I just just want to say I was listening to our episode with Chuck Goes to the Movies on American Pie, mm-hmm. and he spliced in yeah, fucking yeah, Chris did. Pine singing at that audition, and it was <laughs> yeah. fucking hilarious. And it was awful. <laughs> it's fucking you. terrible. <laughs> Do you think he really thinks he's good? I don't know how. I. He, I don't know. He's so confident. Like if you watch that video, he seems so confident when he's singing that stuff. But wouldn't it's someone so around bad. you be like, mm, no, not if you surround yourself with yes people. Mm. That's why I like you guys. You guys will yeah. happily tell me when I suck. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. The other night I went to Texas Roadhouse with Lucy Beth and Abby to eat dinner and the whole way there. I'm like, I'm going to be good. I'm going to get a salad. I'm going to yeah. get a fucking salad tonight. Right. We sit <laughs> down to eat, right. To order. I'm looking at the menu. I'm about to order a burger. Like, I'll get the All-American. Lucy goes, told you you weren't going to get a salad. <laughs> I'm like, I'll take a grilled chicken salad, please. Some other salads that are probably <laughs> as bad as a burger anyway. She's a chip no off way. the old block. Yeah. She's just like her dad. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's a great A asshole, that one. 
<laughs> when I got here, she said, they're starting down there. Did you slap her? No, I just said, oh, yeah, I hear them. Oh, dude, I got some stories to tell you about that one. <laughs> anyway, that's all I have to say. Do you guys have anything else you want to say? HMC 36 Crimson Peak Sets Pick 2.93 Average Savvy's Rating. Yes, the Glory Barn will be open in an hour. In an hour? Come yeah. on down. I got to prepare. Come on down. I have stretches and things I have to do. What? Like lip stretches, mouth jaw stretches. <laughs> Expecting a big, a big guy. To the big hole's open tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Wednesday night, that's big hole night. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, two for one special. Oh wow! Hey, in that case, I do have one more thing to say. Jessica's gonna kick me under the table, but uh, we do have our. Um, early signups for the Patreon. You can go do that. We're putting together content. That'll probably start being released toward the end of February. Uh, we're going to have a lot of awesome content on there, so go to our link in our bio and Instagram and get signed up if you want to see uh, Seth's Glory Hole videos. They will be on Reels. Reels, yep. <laughs> Other than that, that's all I got. We're out of here. Bye. Bye, all Hey, Krubies, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to hear more or you want to follow us on social media, Jess, where can they find us at? You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Horror Movie Crew Podcast, and you can listen on any major podcast platform. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. We'll see you next time. Bye, all. looking homeboy god that's like the worst ever titty tit t i didn't he didn't even give me a chance to josh is so mean because he's green he's green and mean mean greeny yeah (laughs) that we know of can't even smell or spell he just takes e can't smell can't smell i can't smell or taste i think it's normal